Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. We're going to jump straight into part two of our series, What Do I Do With This? All right, turn to your neighbor and say this. Come on, do it like you believe it. Say this. All right, what do I do with this? I remember I was helping one of my buddies move one time. And so uh, it was like one of the, you know, like, you know how you've seen people that are good at moving and then you've seen people that are, uh. and so we were moving, I think we were like 21, 22. We never moved nothing before, not like this. And so we were moving everything out of one house to another house. And so, man, we packed it full, uh, packed them all in boxes. And so we had this genius idea, let's move all the boxes first and we'll move the furniture last. All right, now that wasn't a terrible idea, except all the breakable stuff was in the boxes. And if you've ever moved before, you know, usually you want to put like a mattress between some stuff and like a couch cushion. We didn't do none of that. All right, and so then I think my buddy was like trying to like channel his inner Dale Earnhardt or something when he was driving the U-Haul. And then he had every speed bump he could find on the way. You know how sometimes you're like, man, let's go a back route so we don't get, no, no, no. He was scenic route, every bump he could find. So we get, we finally get to his new place. We open that door and can you imagine? It was like a movie. Like it just came rushing out of the truck at us. Just everything, everything, it just fell on top of boxes. Stuff is broken. I'm like, bro, you should just buy all new stuff. Like, this, none of this has a chance, right? And so we're, stuff's falling out all over us. And, and how many guys know that can sometimes be what life feels like? Because if we were all honest, all of us got some stuff in our life that when we least expect it, it just comes falling out. Oh, okay, we got quiet. I said, how many of y'all know we all got some stuff that it's when you're not channeling your anger problem that stuff just comes falling out of you? When you're, not, when you're not managing your behavior, stuff just shows up, don't it? How many of y'all know we all have this in our life and this is whatever it is that regardless of how hard you try to get rid of it, it seems to keep grabbing a hold of you. Anybody got something like that? All right, seven of us, the rest of y'all, lying seems to be it for you. Okay, so, so how many of y'all know we all got something in our life? It's not that, if we were honest, it's not that sin in our life, it's not that we have a problem with everything, it's that we kind of have a problem with like one thing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That means you got a this in your life, and today we're going to keep talking about what do I do with this? Turn to your neighbor and say this. One more time, look at the person on the other side you just neglected and say this. All right, those of you that are at home, all right, look at your cat and say this, and then get this out of here because we don't do cats. Okay, so just a recap of last week because I want to talk to you about this uh, and a few things we covered last week in case you missed it. You can watch it on YouTube or whatever, but this, we want you to understand that this is a natural part of who you are and will rule your life until you surrender to a better Lord. So grab a hold of this, this, whatever this is in your life, it will, it is a natural part of you and it will rule your life until you surrender to a better Lord. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says this, that we were dead in our trespasses, our transgressions and sins. And here's what it says. We were gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Now, how many of y'all can identify with that? How many of you know we got some issues in our life? Listen, y'all better start piping up, especially Dream Team. Y'all better show up today. All right. How many of y'all know we got issues? 
Okay, thank you. Let everyone else that's new here feel comfortable with the fact we ain't a perfect church. All right, no perfect people allowed. So how many of y'all know we got issues? Tell your neighbor, say, I got some. Okay, so we got issues. There's the ways of this world. And hear me, there is something in every single one of us that desires to pursue the things God told us we shouldn't have. Like there's something in us that desire, I mean, I, just, I want the things God tells me I shouldn't have, right? But here's the reality. For many of us, our identity has become rooted in those things. Like we believe that's who we are. And so that's the second thing we covered last week. Who you are changes when Jesus becomes Lord of your life. Who you are changes when Jesus becomes Lord of your life. But now, how many of you guys know there's a battle going on inside you between the things you want to do and the things you're trying not to do? Like, like Paul said it in Romans 7. He said, man, I wake up trying to do the things that I don't want to do and trying not to do the things. And, and like, I'm trying, I'm trying to work it out. So all the things I don't want to do, I keep doing. And all the things I do want to do, I don't keep doing. And I'm just, I'm a mess. Anybody can get down with that, right? And we all have issues. And, and, and so the reality is we come back to who you are changes when Jesus becomes the Lord of your life. So then you have a, a, a new identity. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that, that when we come to Christ, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. So, so now we have a new identity, and so in our new identity, we serve a greater master, right? Because how many of you know that the sin in our lives is a terrible master? Like, how many of you know the things in our life that we're trying not to give into, we're trying not to give credit to, the things we're trying not to let overpower us? It's a terrible master because it rules us and then makes us feel terrible whenever we give into it. So we serve a better master. Uh, Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, but now it's Christ that lives in me. So now it's no longer about what I want. It's about what God wants. It's about what Jesus wants because he lives in me now. How many of you guys remember BC, before Jesus, something else was ruling you, but now that you have Jesus, there's something else that's ruling you. And so it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And, then the, and now the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So how do we serve him? Well, is it with obedience and anxiety? Because that's how some of us feel. Am I right? How I many? Some of us feel like we're serving God, but the way we're serving God is like, man, I'm gonna try to do my best, and I'm stressing out every day because I don't feel like I'm getting there. Like, how many of you know? Sometimes you're like, man, I'm gonna try to do all the right things. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to pursue God. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to do all the right things. And even in your attempt to do all the right things, it's creating anxiety because you know you can't do the right things. Come on, somebody. Like, we got issues, man. And so what do we do, man? We start navigating that. And so the reality is the, the way that we serve God isn't with obedience and anxiety. It's with love that leads to obedience. When we love God so much, it's like, man, I'm going to obey what you said because I love you. Right? Uh, Tim Keller puts it like this. He says, religion says, I obey, therefore I am accepted. But Christianity says, I am accepted, therefore I obey. And when we love God, it makes obedience a whole lot easier, doesn't it? And so, number three, stopping the behavior 
because we all deal with this. Say this. I'm going to make sure you got this in your head, okay? We all deal with this. Stopping the behavior. Stopping this isn't the key. Shifting your delight is. When you find greater delight in Jesus than you do in the stuff that you want, when you find greater delight in Jesus than you do in your porn problem, when you find greater delight in Jesus than you do pursuing your sexual lust, when you find greater delight in Jesus than the alcohol, the drugs, the anger, the unforgiveness, the bitterness, when you, when you find more delight in Jesus than you find in all of those things, it starts changing something in you rather than just changing the behavior on the outside of you. And so we have to shift our delight. But how many guys know you can't just take stuff out? Like, God, get this out of me. How many of y'all know that don't work? Like, get this addiction out of me. Get these sexual urges out of me. Get this out of me. Get my anger out of me. But it doesn't work. Because this, say this, this is part of our nature. Hear me. I'm going to help you out for a second. This that you struggle with, it's not something you do. It's part of who you are. As long as sin is in our lives, we're going to deal with this. So if we're waiting for the day that this no longer shows up, you're going to be waiting a long time. And you're going to be frustrated the whole time. So what we have to deal with this, and that's why for many of us, man, listen, it's a part of our nature. That's why for many of us, we get to the point that we're like, man, I think I finally got this beat. Like, don't we? How many of you ever woke up like on a Monday and you started Monday right? You're like, this is the week that I own it. Anybody ever been like, you made the right coffee? You got you a new devotional with the cursive writing on it? Like, come on, like, you got you got the good. Like, you opened up, you you opened the Bible, and as soon as you opened it, it opened to something that just spoke to you. It was like, okay, me and Jesus, this is our week to shine. Anybody ever been there? Come on, right? It's Monday, brand new week, me and you, Jesus, all day, every day. We got this. Come four o'clock. Your boss roll up to you, hey, listen, we need you to stay late today. Man, me and Jesus, no more. Right? Because how many of y'all know, it's, as soon as you let your guard down, you show back up. And when we show up, something else shows, this shows up with us. Because we all deal with stuff. So let me get this straight, Brad. You're telling me there is no hope. All of you online, you're sitting on your couch right now in your pajamas. Y'all didn't get dressed like we did, but okay, that's fine. It's whatever. You sit, sit at home. You mean to tell me, Brad, that there is no hope. Left to myself, there's no hope. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Be encouraged in Jesus' name. Let's pray. All right, so, no, like, like you tell me there's no hope. There, I'm telling you, if it's up to you, there's no hope. But thank God it's not up to us. Like, thank God it's not up to us. Because, hear me, he didn't leave us to ourselves. Let's go to John 14, 16 through 17. This is Jesus talking, and he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. That word advocate means helper or comforter. And, and, and the, the advocate, the helper, the comforter is the spirit of God. And he says, to help you and be with you forever. The spirit, say spirit, of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives within you and will be in you. So for all of us that Jesus is our savior and the Lord of our life, the Holy Spirit, God's spirit 
is in us. And thank God he didn't leave us to ourselves to have no hope, but he put his spirit in us that gives us hope. A few chapters later, he says this, but I tell you the truth, Jesus is talking, he's getting ready to leave the earth, go back to heaven. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am leaving, for if I do not leave, the helper, the advocate, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, God's spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. He's the helper. He convicts when you're wilding out and doing stuff you shouldn't be doing, and he comforts in moments where you need him. He's all that we need. He's omnipresent. He's the one that walks beside us and dwells inside of us. Man, he's everything. He's the one that brings freedom. And what we're talking about is this idea that this has a hold of us. But because this has a hold of us, we don't ever feel free, do we? But the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, first of all, it says the spirit is the Lord. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So here we are trying to work ourselves into freedom where God says, if you would go to the spirit, you can get freedom. And what if it's not found in your work? What if it's found in your surrender? What if you don't need more of your trying, you need more of the spirit in your life? Now, what does that look like? Well, that's what we want to talk about today. Because how many of you know we got to deal with some of these feelings inside of us? Come on, somebody. I said, we got to deal with some of this on the inside, right? And so here's the reality. For many of us, this is our life right here. And this represents this. You got a this. Look at your neighbor and say, I got a this. I don't know, that's bad grammar, but I got one. Y'all at home, you got a this, okay? So, so here's the reality. All of us deal with this, and we all do our best to get rid of this, don't we? And so this is our life, and it's full of problems. It's full of issues. It's full of all the things that's going on in our life. And so we do our best, but here's the reality. As long as this is in us, we're still messing stuff up. So here's what we try to do. You ready? We try to just take some of this out. Like, all right, God, I need to get rid of this anger and unforgiveness problem. Anybody? I need to get rid of this bitterness. I need to get rid of these struggles. I need to get rid of this porn problem, addiction, alcohol, whatever. I need to get rid of these things that are owning me. I mean, I need to get rid of this. And so what do we do? We take a few things out, but guess what shows back up? Because your boss rolled in at four o'clock. That anger came back, biting your bottom lip. Mm -hmm. Mummering words, your spouse lost their mind. This shows back up. Now, my spouse don't do that, but y'all, I know, like, whatever. This shows back up. Hear me. You get a bad review at your job, and you feel like the only thing that's going to make you better is going back to that website again. You get a bad doctor's report, and you start texting people knowing where that conversation is going to end up. And what we do is every attempt to get something out of ourselves only leads us back to the natural place that as long as it's about us getting stuff out, because it's a natural part of us, it's always going to come back to this. And we will remain full of our struggles not because we're not good at taking stuff out, but because we never put something else in. Galatians 5, through 23 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, the real problem is not that we're not good enough at getting stuff out. Because the reality is, if you take stuff out, but you never put something else back in, it's only a matter of time before this goes right back in. But if this, which is the Holy Spirit, if we would just start putting more of the right stuff in, guess what happens with the bad stuff? It just kind of starts making its way out. And it's no longer about us trying to do the right things, but as long as we're putting the right stuff in, it leaves no room for the other stuff to hang out. And so what we need is not to behave, not get behavior controlled better. What we need is to start putting the right stuff in us. And as long as we're putting the right stuff, the spirit of God, as long as we're putting him in, the rest of it will come out. And so what do we need to do? Like, what does that even look like for us? So what are we doing? We're trying to get some stuff out. And so I want to give you some help with this. Are you ready? I want to give you three things that you can talk about when we're dealing with the Holy Spirit. Number one, having more of the right stuff leaves less room for the wrong stuff. Having more of the right stuff leaves less room for the wrong stuff. Because how many of you know, this ain't going away. It may be something that's beside you, but it doesn't always have to be something that's inside you. It may always be close by, but it doesn't have to be something that controls you. And so what do we do? We have to come back to more of the right stuff, more of the spirit. You have to have more of God's spirit. You have to be filled more with who God is and the less room you have for this. The problem is many of us, many of us got just enough of God in us to get a few things out. And so here's what we've done. We've got enough of God in us to get a few things out. And we got enough of, us, enough of this out of us to fool everybody else into thinking we're good. So like we never got completely filled. We just got enough to show up to church on Sunday. Come on. So like I still got a whole lot of me in there. But when I show up, I can still sing the songs, maybe. Like I can lift my hands. I, can, I bought a new Bible so that I can show everybody this part of me is for real. And so this part of me is for real. So, and now I hadn't opened it since last Sunday when I was following along with Pastor Brad. But like, no, that's a real, like, so what do I do? I got just enough God to make me feel better about what's still in me. I know I got some issues, but you know what? I got enough of God that I think we're good. And for, far too many of us got enough of God to save us, but not enough of God to change us. But God said, that's not the life that I have for you. That's not what I have. I got something bigger, something better, something greater, something fuller for you. There's a life you can have where you don't have to feel guilty about this while trying to pursue this. There's a fullness that he wants us to have. That's why you go to Matthew 6, 19 through 20. And this is what he says. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures. Now that's where treasures in this particular text. He's talking about finances, but finances he's identifying with our delights. And so he's saying, do not store up for yourself treasures, which is desires and delights and riches on earth, but store up for yourself treasures, delights, desires, riches. Store up those things in heaven. For where your treasure, your desire, your delight, wherever those things are, that's where your heart is. He says, so that's what owns you. That's where your heart is. And that's where it will be also. So hear me, your desire can rule you or you can let God's spirit rule your desires. But it can't be both. It goes on to say this, the eye, 
So what you allow yourself to see and desire, the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, meaning focused on the right things, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, seeking your desires and your delights rather than seeking God, your whole body will be full of darkness. And how many guys know that that's where we find ourselves? The darkness sets in. The heaviness sets in. How many guys have ever been at that point where you feel like that cloud was hanging over you of darkness, right? Because you're trying to convince yourself not to have the thing that you want to have. You know what I want to have? Pepperoni pizza in Jesus' name. <laughs> like, I love, man, let me, nothing, a few things get me more excited then when you grab the first slice and you hit it and that cheese stretch comes with it, y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, joy, 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 joy. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about. You hit it with the cheese stretch comes and the pepperoni and it's all warm. I mean, some of y'all online, y'all watching, y'all saw us, we ate pizza already. Like, so, like, I, man, I love that. But as you start trying to eat healthier, well, you like baked chicken and broccoli, right? Because that's no one's favorite thing. If you say it is, you're a liar, I don't believe you. You're hanging out up here if you say that. That's not true. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I love pizza, but at some point, as we start trying to get in shape, we start trying to work out, we got to, what do we got to do? Ah, uh, you can't do that all the time. And I deny, 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 and guess what I get? Hangry. Like, anybody ever got, so there's, there's hungry, angry, but then there's disappointed in the food options that you have hangry. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, like you brought a lunch to work and then you open it and you immediately get mad at what you brought yourself. Man, that's... Because you want the thing you can't have. Now we're laughing about food, but that happens in our spirit. Right? Because we're saying, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do the right thing. And then we get into an opportunity where we have the opportunity to entertain the wrong thing and we get mad at doing the right thing because we know it's the right thing. And then we get ourselves into a heaviness, a darkness, and it settles in over us because we're trying to do the right thing. But it's because we're only looking at what we can't have rather than pursuing what we can have. It's because we're only mad that we don't have enough of this in us. It's not because we're delighted in how much of this is in us. And God is saying, if you would find delight in me, you wouldn't have to be mad about what you ain't having. You can be excited about all that you do have. And God shows up on the scene that way. But here's why we're frustrated. Are you ready? Many of us are frustrated spiritually because we haven't sought God to get more of him, but we're trying to take more of us out. And if you don't have any of God, but you also don't have enough of you, what does that leave you? Empty. And the reason many of us are empty is because we're trying our best to have good behavior, but we're not trying our best to get more of God. But if we would realize that the more of God we get, the easier it is to get rid of some of us. And so that's what we need in our life. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. So you cannot serve God and your desires. He says wealth, but again, wealth, your desires, your hopes, your delights, your riches. You can't serve God and you can't serve God and everything you want. 
But if you come to God, he'll help you get everything he needs you to have for what he wants for you. And so that's the beauty behind what he's doing. Which brings us to our next point. Following Jesus rather than your desires is easier when you're full of the spirit. And for some of you, this is like a lost message. You're like, I don't know about no spirits. But the spirit of God, like, man, I'm telling you right now, if we would realize that God, we, we think about God the Father, we think about Jesus who gave himself for us, but many of us neglect the fact that it's the spirit of God, the third part of the Trinity, that is inside of us. And that's where power comes from. And if we would be intentional about asking God and asking the Holy Spirit to come more a part of our lives, we could change this scenario. And so what do we do? We have to realize that following Jesus rather than desires is easier when you're full of the Spirit. You see, the reality is many of us think that because we feel something, we have to follow something. I feel this way, therefore. And the reality is you don't have to follow it just because you feel it, right? Ephesians 5.18 puts it like this. Uh, Paul comes in and he gives us, he gives us a, kind of a layout where he, does, he goes on this string of giving us warnings and then telling us what God wants. So he's like, hey, man, be careful about this. Turn to your neighbor and say careful. So he's like, hey, be, care- be mindful of this. Be careful here because this is what God wants and you'll be tempted to do this. So he does it. Let's go. We're going to read it. He says, be very careful, right? Careful then how you live. So be careful. Warning, not as unwise, but as wise so that you can make the most out of every opportunity. That's his hope is that you would make the most out of every opportunity. But be careful don't live as unwise because I want you to have the most out of every opportunity, right? What is he going to say? Therefore, don't be foolish. Now, some of us, we lost it right there. It's like, wow. Don't be foolish. Careful. Warning. Don't be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. This is my desire for you. Don't get drunk on wine. Now, let's pause for a second. Because the church world loves to be like, that's right, don't get drunk on wine. But some of us getting drunk on anger all the time. Some of us have been tipsy on unforgiveness for two decades. And so we, we're pointing at these sins as long as nobody's looking at my stuff, I'm going to point at that stuff. Hear me, don't you think for a second that because your issue isn't the one they mentioned, we don't have issues. All right, so, so don't get drunk on wine. But well, what he's really saying there is because wine was the numbing intoxication tool. It was the thing that would let them get away from the life they were trying to get away from. So let me help you out for just a second because this is where we all really live. What he's saying is you need to be mindful and careful every time you start watching Netflix too much because you're trying to numb yourself to the reality of your life by living through the life of someone on that TV screen. You need to be careful how much you try to just let that world become your reality because you don't like your reality. And instead of pursuing the things of God, you like to watch everything else around you rather than letting God get something inside you so that your world can be what he wants it to be. Instead, we'd rather numb ourselves with alcohol or drugs or Netflix or sex or whatever so that we can actually feel better about who we are. So y'all are like, I'm leaving. I'm not coming back. This is terrible. But we're all guilty. Am I right? The reality is all of us numb ourselves to our lives because we're not content with what we have. We wish we had something else. That's how everyone feels, baby. Don't worry about it. We all just, yeah, I feel that. She said, I got something to say. You're going to call me out like that. Okay, so. But how many of y'all know that's, that's the, ten- so what Paul is saying, be careful. 
Because you're going to have a desire to live a life and pursue the things in this life that would distract you from the thing I want for you. And that's where we find ourselves. But that's why he comes on the scene, following Jesus rather than your desires. It's easier when you just get full. And the fuller you get, the more that stuff keeps coming out. The more that stuff just keeps coming out. The more the spirit of God we have in us, the less room there is for us, which brings us to our last point. He says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to a ruined or wasted life. Some translations say it leads to debauchery. And some of us, hear me, in our life, we're pursuing more of this because we feel better about this. But the reality is, the more of this we have, the more we're wasting our life. I want you to think about this for a second. How many of you, like myself, have fallen prey to pursuing this thing in our life that we're trying to get rid of, and no sooner than we get done with it, we look in the mirror and we're more disgusted with ourselves for having done the thing we were telling ourselves not to do. Because this is a terrible master. Because when you deny it, you feel bad, and when you give into it, you feel worse. And so what do we have to do? What's the solution? What's the last part of that scripture? Don't do all these things, he says, because this is what God wants for you. How do you get it? Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I'm trying real hard to stop doing these things. Stop trying. Instead, come over here. It gets a whole lot easier over here than it does in your valiant attempts to just be better. Because how many know we're not good at being better? Like, we're terrible rule followers, aren't we? We have attorneys to create loopholes out of stuff that we got ourselves into. So, like, here we are. And the reality is this. Christianity is a journey of self-denial, of denying what you want to pursue what God wants for you. That's that's, That's the journey. Because what God wants for us is better than what we want. We just can't see it at the time. That's why... I love what Jackie Hill Perry says. She says this. Now, just to be clear, she is talking about uh, her journey as God has saved her. And uh, she was uh, a lesbian. uh, And so, uh, and and she still deals with same-sex attractions, but she pursued the gospel over her desires. And God's working her through that. She has a great book called Gay Girl, Good God. It's incredible. If you want to look at not just the idea of homosexuality and lesbian, but, but what it means to pursue God in light of what you feel. She says this, we do have a God that gives us his spirit that if we choose to repent and believe in him will empower you to not necessarily be straight, right? And I want to add to that list, not necessarily not be an addict, not necessarily not have sexual desires, not necessarily not harbor unforgiveness, not necessarily not being angry, because that's not a fruit of the spirit, but to have self-control, which is. So like God's spirit doesn't mean your desires will go away. It means he'll empower you with the self-control to say, I want more of God than I want of that. And that's what he's doing. He may never take that away. I'm here to tell you right now, you're watching online, you're in the room, That desire may never go away, but God's spirit can give you the self-control to say, I'm going to have more of God than I want of that. He can do that. 
Which brings me to my last point, which is whatever you're full of is what will come out when you get bumped. Whatever you're full of is what will come out when you get bumped. Prime example, y'all ready? And y'all ever dealt with an anger problem? right? Got anger issues. All of a sudden God helps you get that under control or something, or, or you're just trying to do better, but somebody cuts you off in traffic or comes at you sideways in the grocery store. What's happening? That blood rushes to your face. Y'all angry people know what I'm talking about. Why is my neck sweating? You know what I'm saying? Like you just like your hands start shaking, like, Oh brother, Oh brother. Right. Why? Cause there's still something in you. And here's the problem that we run into, right? The problem that we run into, because bumps can mean anything. The bumps that you run into aren't necessarily people rubbing you wrong or coming at you sideways. Sometimes it's just life in general. And here's what happens. As long as there's still a little bit of us left, guess what comes out of us when we get bumped? Somebody comes along and bumps us, guess what happened? That anger gonna fall on them. Those issues gonna fall out them. But being bumped isn't just by people because here's what some of us deal with. Are you ready? We're, still, we're pursuing God. We're trying our best, but there's still enough of us in here. And when we get bumped, which could be a doctor's note, or you get called into your boss's office. And here's how some of us are. You don't have to raise your hand for this, but I'm reading some of y'all's mail right now. Here's what you've done. You've given yourself the excuse to pursue some of this because life got too hard. You've looked in the mirror and been like, you know what? It's okay. It's, okay. it's all right to go look at that website because you've had a rough week or a bad day. It's all right to text that person and go over that person's house because this has been hard lately. And we start giving ourselves permission to let the wrong things come out of us when we get bumped. Am I right? And so what happens? We get bumped. Anger comes out. Unforgiveness comes out. Stuff starts showing up. People, people text you and text you the craziest things. What happens? More of me starts coming out. But if we would just get full all the way, there's no room for any of this stuff. And here's the beautiful part, are you ready? Somebody in our small group can come along and say, hey, listen, I know you're not full of anger, but there's still some stuff on the surface if we could just kind of get rid of some of that. I know you're not full of lust and sexual desires, but there's still some stuff on the surface. And what happens is through relationships, we clear all the stuff off and guess what's left inside of us? Guess what we're full of? It's not us, it's not our problems, it's not our issues. It's the Spirit of God that's full of us. Now here's the beautiful part, are you ready? Check this out. Now what comes out of us when we get bumped? Come on. That's why some of y'all, people remember you from like 1999 BC, before Christ. They remember who you were then, right? Oh, that person had an anger. They fight anybody. And they come up and all of a sudden they see you now and they see you get bumped. But what comes out of you now when you get bumped? Whole lot of God, ain't it? And so they see you encounter some anger issues, but this time instead of lashing out, what did you do? He was like, man, that's all right. That's all right, because guess what's inside of you? Joy, kindness, peace, love, self-control. So what's coming out of you when you get bumped? What's coming out of you when you get hurt? It ain't a whole lot of this stuff. You know what's coming out of you when you get hurt? A whole lot of this stuff. The Spirit of God is coming out of you even when you're not even trying. Why? Because hear me, what you're full of is what will come out of you when you get bumped. And so we say, man, I got an excuse for that. I got bumped. Life got hard. Things got difficult. But the problem isn't that you had a bad week, bad month, bad year. 
The problem is what you're full of when it happens. And we gotta change what we're full of. Some of y'all are like, I know that's the truth. We gotta change what we're full of. This happened to me recently as we're wrapping up today. And I went through just a couple weeks that were just tough, man. The life of a pastor is ridiculous. In case y'all thought we just played golf six days a week. I don't know what y'all thought, but like, I just want to get, man, I went through some, there's about three days that got really, really bad in this two week time frame because things were just hard, man. And like, and like, I just want to, let me help you out because somebody's mad at me all the time. I know y'all think that's hard to believe because I'm just a lot of fun, but people are mad at me a lot. You know, you keep preaching about my Netflix. I'm going to be mad at you more. Okay, so, but, so people are mad at me all the time. And so, man, just within one week time frame, I want to give you some of the things we dealt with in one week. So are you ready? So people came up to us like, how come you don't preach more about critical race theory? And then someone came up to me and said, you preach too much about unity and race. Same, like, same day. How come, what do you think about masks? How, how come we're wearing masks? Masks are stupid. I don't think we should wear masks, next person. How come we don't wear masks more often? How come we don't make everyone wear masks? What do you think about the vaccine? Should we get the vaccine? Should we not get the vaccine? I think it's the mark of the beast. I think it's this. People are coming, I don't think we should get the, and the vac, COVID's not even real. But then the EMTs and the nurses in our church are like, people are dying. And then, so what, I'm over here like, oh. and then people are like, politics, politics, politics. People are like, what do you think about the president? And then the next person is like, the president's a moron. This person is like, I love the president. What do you think about the president, Pastor Brad? And I'm like, <laughs> same week, Justin, am I lying? Every, this is what we deal with all the time. Then some people stand up and they're like, pineapple goes on pizza. I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> so like, I got no opinion of, Masks, vaccines, presidents, all that stuff. I'm not going to talk about it, but you start trying to put pineapple on my pizza, we're going to fight. So this is all in the same week. And in the same week, we had, we had a few uh, couples, few families leave the church. And one of them came right up to me. And I just, I'm, I, I almost didn't say it in the first service. I was like, I feel like I need to say it. So I'm, I'm going to say it just because we hear and people are online and this could turn by. I don't know, but whatever. But I looked someone dead in their face two weeks ago. I said, there's a lot of racist churches in Pensacola. You should probably go find one that suits you better. Now they, they, sure, I guess you can clap if you want to. Because they, they were too tired of us talking about how I value every person that walks in my door. And I don't value them ignoring their skin color. I value them and their skin color. And so... Some of those families have been with us for years. And I finally had to say, you know what? It's probably time for you to leave. Go find somewhere else to worship. And then in the midst of all of that, not to harp on COVID, because I don't want to give that any more time than necessary. We all know it's real and we're dealing with it. Then I'm dealing with my, my own fear, not fear, not necessarily fear that I would get COVID because I don't fear dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens, you know? So some of y'all got that. Um, so I'm not necessarily f- afraid of dying. I, I know where I'm going when this is over. But, you know, uh, my amazing wife and, and her dad is here and um, lost her mom and his wife uh, to cancer. The Lord in his sovereignty chose to take her to heaven. And, and then she was seven or eight months pregnant when that happened. And then Six years later, the Lord chose to take our son to heaven too. I'm sitting back in my recliner and I'm just 
sitting there and again, like I'm content with where my eternity lies. But internally, my anxiety wasn't with, am I afraid of dying? My anxiety is, God, if I were to get this, if something were to happen to me, I don't know how well my wife would deal with this. My fear wasn't for my health. My fear was for her emotional and psychological health. And that gripped me with some anxiety. And so here, people are mad about stupid stuff. Some people think pineapple goes on pizza. And then I'm dealing with my issues. And like, I'm not gonna lie to you, just all, like it all culminated together. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been there. You might've been there lately. And I sat back in my chair and I went, and it, and it hit me and this is what God told me. And I, I wanna give it to you because maybe it'll help you. God said, the problem isn't the chaos in the world around you. The problem is the chaos in the world inside you. The problem isn't that you got all this going on. The problem is you don't have enough of this going on. And for many of us, we have found ourselves empty of the stuff we know we need to get rid of, but not full of the stuff we know we need to be full of. And my prayer to you today is that you would find great joy in being full of the Spirit of God, that it helps you get rid of some of the things that are inside you, but it also fills you with what you need to be full of so that you can live a life full of those same things that we looked at in Galatians, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, patience, so that our life would reflect God. And in that we would see him do amazing things in us and through us. Let me pray for you today. Father, I pray for every person that's with us online or in the room, that you would help us realize, God, that what, we don't need to get more of the things out of us because that's never been what you asked. What you've always asked is that we would get more of your spirit into us. So God, I pray that you help lead us and encourage our hearts today that it's never been about the chaos around us, but it's always been about the chaos inside of us. But when your spirit comes in, there's no room for anything else. Fill us today and let us breathe again because we have confidence in a good God. We love you today. We give you our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.